Hey, it's Carcon Carney. We're in the parking lot of Byron's on Lawrence Avenue. Carcon Carney, presented by our dear friends at the Autobahn Mazda of Evanston, 1015 Chicago Avenue. We're in a brand new Mazda CX-9. This is gorgeous and comfortable, isn't it? It's really it nice. is. This is this is the environment you want to eat hot dogs in. This is actually a very comfortable, luxurious, and safe ride. Uh, take a test drive. The Autobahn Mazda of Evanston. Actor Mickey O'Sullivan. Hi, everybody. Byron's owner, Mike Payne, are you ready to do this? I'm ready to eat, I know that. I'm so ready to eat. I'm starving. <laughs> so, dear God, I'm so ready to eat. It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. And now here's the star of our show. Okay, so we're at Byron's. Uh, what I just learned before we recorded, Mickey and I at different times used to live like a block away from here. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I used to live on Polina at like 4872. 4836. Yeah, we were neighbors in different times. Mm-hmm. But I, I love this area. I do too, but I was always looked at like the pit bull. You know, like I would walk around because I, I, I was a, a night owl, you know, and so I'd walk yeah. around running my lines. You know, I'd walk around this block and people would just peek their head out like, what is this psychopath Wait, you'd walk down the street <laughs> rehearsing your... Yeah, because you rehearse at home, and, like, if you keep saying, get on the floor, you know, like, at home, people, like, your <laughs> yeah. neighbors start to think that you're crazy, and uh-huh. so I would walk around the block and just kind of mutter to myself. But then you get the, the pit bull syndrome, where the people uh, in your neighborhood think that you're dangerous, you know, and so they move to the other side yeah, of the block yeah, when yeah. you walk by them, and it's a really isolating feeling. You? Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. You don't look threatening. Uh, well, you should see me at like 3 a.m. Like, and I was a smoker back then, so I was just chaining cigarettes and okay, walking. I can see uh, that. Yeah. It was. I have to admit, like looking down at myself, I could have done better. Yeah. So here at Byron's, um, we decided to to take two of Byron's classic menu items and kind of have them side by side. We went for the classic Chicago dog, which is a must, right, Mike? Absolutely. You can't you can't come to Byron's without it. Vienna beef. Vienna beef, all all Vienna beef. Now yep. this is the dog that you served to the White House like nine years ago, right? It is. It absolutely is the same one. Back in the day when you could deliver hot dogs to the White House and not have people turn it into something political. <laughs> well, people tried to do it then. I can. Did tell they you really? That. Oh, oh yeah, I bet. absolutely. I got interviewed after we went there, and people were talking about, well, what if it was a Republican in the office? How would you feel about that? And I said, well, I said, that's not for me to decide. You know, we're just happy that we were there and we did the best we could. And we served all the hot dogs to all the senators and House of Representatives. That's and wild. they loved it. I can tell you that. Yeah. You didn't even need to tell us that. Of course they did. <laughs> you brought Byron, Byron's hot dogs to Washington, D.C. All right. So we got the classic Chicago dog and you put your own Byron spin on a Chicago dog. What do you do to it? By the way, that is the one that we brought to the White House, so Byron's hot dog, okay. not the Chicago-style classic. So we're going to eat the same thing that the president had. That's ate. exactly right. That's right. There we go. All right, so what, what's Byron's your... takes all the classic ingredients, mustard, relish, onion, tomato, pickle, hot pepper, and celery salt, and we add lettuce, cucumber, and green pepper at your, ta- your own particular taste. Mm. If you want it, you can have it. If you don't, you don't. I want it. But that's how we started, and that's how <laughs> we've been doing it for 43 years. So. All right, so bring it on should we start with the virus let's do it i love how when we're looking at this that we can use this kind of as a review mirror yes nice. yes yeah. <laughs> exactly. i'm really excited about it there's Thank a, you there's a virus hot dog not a chicago style all right someone asked me i don't know a month ago 
Look at that. See, Look at that, that that's beautiful it. Dog when you here. think of Chicago, that's exactly what you think of, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. James, me, there's yours. Thank you, Mike. All right. Okay, and here's your fries. All right, you got to have fries, right? One for each. There's a bell there pepper. A bell pepper on a hot dog. Thank you very much. Okay. You got to love that the bag is translucent. And That's how you know you're in Chicago. I will say, Mickey and Mike, uh, the car is a loner, so please be gentle. You bet. Eat over your paper. I'm, I'm talking to you like a dad. You know, please. <laughs> hey, guys, just like really take it easy on, on the mess you make back there. Look, I know you're hungry, I'm but... I'm the one who's going to have to clean it up. Uh-huh. <laughs> this isn't my... Okay, so the Byron's... Well, you're dog... the one that invited us here, by the way. So. True enough. <laughs> I don't... Mike, my hey, mouth... Bat. My mouth doesn't open sideways like this. I don't. I don't know how to do this. <laughs> How'd you do it, Mickey? You just well, he has a bigger mouth, mouth than. <laughs> I got a huge mouth. That more may be than, true. More than one way. <laughs> I kind of need to divest myself of some of the ingredients just to, like, get in there. You know, you just gotta like. I'll see if I can. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that love to deconstruct our hot dogs before they eat them. By the way, nothing sounds better than eating a hot dog like that on a lavalier microphone. I bet it's sounded great. fantastic in my headphones. Oh my god! I like this the is an experience. I like the cucumber in here. Mm. I like just that clean, crunchy taste. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. Oh, Mike, thank you. This is so good. So, Mickey O'Sullivan. Most recently, we probably all saw you on The Shy. Yep. I think we can all agree, uh, season one of The Shy, not enough Mickey O'Sullivan. That's true. We can. I mean, there really wasn't anymore. enough of you. You know. I'm just so thankful to have been on such an awesome show. And, you know, season two is coming up, so check it out. We will. Um, more chef? More, I can neither confirm nor deny. Wait, so when do we get season two? Season two is going to come out in about two months, if my uh, information is correct. I've been, I'm, I'm the luckiest actor in the world in that I have a lot of wonderful projects in post-production right now. It's hard to keep track of the exact dates. But we got two things coming out this spring. We've got Captive State with John Goodman. You told me about that last time we sat down. Yeah, the trailer came out. I'm in my first big boy movie trailer. I'm in the first, like, two seconds of it. I'm really proud. I showed it to my mom. I haven't seen it yet. I've got to see this. I'll pull it up as soon as Mm -hmm. I'm done with this hot dog here. But Captive State, um, and then we have a web series uh, called Right Swipe, which is about these... Um, two women who start a dating service for um, to kind of like help idiot men make profiles that are refle- actually reflective of the decent human beings that they are. And I play all of the non-decent human beings. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, how does that business not exist in real life? Mm. <laughs> right? It does. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, that, that seems to fill a, a legitimate need. Yeah. Uh, Pat on the Facebook Live just said, nothing more attractive than watching another man shove a hot dog in his mouth in close-up, which is what Mickey did. He just leaned in. Oh, so I was going to say, someone asked me like a month ago, what kind of cameras do you use for your podcast when you do a Facebook Live? Well, my camera is a Galaxy S9 phone. Whoa. Yeah. In selfie mode. That's, that's the that's the camera rig I've the, got going on here. We're, we're competing. I'm an iPhone yeah, does, guy. Does Showtime use something like this? When they shoot? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just like this. <laughs> just basically a phone. Anybody can shoot on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have the... That's the, the best thing about being an actor is when you show up and you realize that everything... Everything around you 
uh, is a more expensive toy than you could ever wish to have. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you have no idea how to use any of it, and so you really just have to rely on and support everybody else who has all of these tools because you're like, I have no idea how I would use that. Right. I have no idea the right way, the wrong way. So you just tell me where to stand and what to do, and I will do it to the best of my ability for you. All right, Mike, this is the point oh. in the podcast where I ask you if you have an empty bag to throw refuse in. I do. You're done with that already? Well, I'm hosting. I gotta, like, You're right. You're right. gotta keep this moving. Here we go. The ship doesn't sail without me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> We're on a ship? Oh, man. And so, here, here's another reason to, to love coming to this restaurant. Here you go, Mike. Thank you. Yep. Byron's has Green River on the fountain. This is quintessential Chicago. Green River on the fountain. It's, like, and it's more rare than you think it is. Mm -hmm. You can buy it in grocery stores, in cans or bottles, but in fountain, you can't. There's nowhere that I know of that you can find it. What's your relationship like with the Green River people? It's a pretty good one. They all we're, moved we're out of the Chicago, boss and right? They sell to us. Wow. They moved out of Chicago years ago, but they're still. Green like, River very actually started in Minnesota. I thought it was always a Chicago thing. I love Minnesota. No. And now, yeah, right. Ask your brother; he probably knows. How well, I'm going to go up there, there in uh, two weeks. He's been up there off and on for a few years now. At this point, I should mention we could probably road trip in a Mazda CX-9 from the Autobahn Mazda of Evanston if we wanted to go to Minnesota. <laughs> there if, go. if Mazda wants to help me get up to Minnesota, <laughs> I've got a bunch of hockey equipment that I need to bring up there. This would be a perfect carport. When we first booked this uh, interview, yeah, uh, this moment. We did it for this Sunday. We we're recording on Sunday the 13th because you said, I'm going to be on Chicago PD that week. It would be great if we could promote it. That's not happening. <laughs> that, that is not happening this, not this Wednesday. Week. Yeah. Uh, it'll happen at the end of the month on the 30th. Uh, I'll be back on Chicago PD as a different character. Uh, I won't give away too this much. This is your but third time on the show? This is my third time. Third character. Uh, blessing, I think. Maybe a record. You're kind of like Stan Lee on Chicago PD. Every time we see you, on the screen, you're in a different scenario. That's right. Different That's role. Right. Um, so you're the Stanley of Chicago PD. You know, I think I was just like, my mom used to say, oh, Mac, you don't have a face for a comedy. You have a tragic face. <laughs> and I think what wow. she meant is that I have a very industrial looking face. Like if you look at the people on Chicago PD, um, most of them look like blue collar, uh, either cops or criminals. And I look like both. Right? I could see you that. You could do both. Book. Yeah, I, I could say that. Absolutely. But if you ask me to play like... I love interest. It's like a wolf, man. Brutal. Not, they're just not going to pick this face. I don't know. Oh, that's My nice. wife thought you were pretty nice looking. Mike, that's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> Earlier, and he was wondering about why I don't have more scars on my face from hockey. But now he said that really nice. That's because you didn't me. play against me. That's right. <laughs> Mike, you play you hockey have. too? Yeah. Do you play over at Johnny's? Uh, not now I don't. I'm sure. I'm a little bit too old, and I've got too many artificial joints to play down there now. Because it's really good hockey down there. Yeah, I, I did. To... I played college hockey. Well, it was okay. a club hockey team actually. Where at Loyola, right yeah. up the street here. Sure, sure. That's and I great. played a lot of men's league. That's one reason why I had to get artificial hips and an artificial knee. Wow, brutal! I'm the <coughs> least manly person in this entire car right now. <laughs> Snoop Dogg just did a sports. I uh, saw that. He saw that, and he said, "Man, you gotta be a whole lot of man to play this game." <laughs> Like, yes, you do. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was a uh, hockey is great. I used to be, I used to sharpen skates down at Johnny's Ice House. It was one of my few jobs when I was starting off as an actor in Chicago. So, going back to Chicago PD, you can't really tell us anything about this episode you're on. Um, I think that it's going to be pretty controversial. Um, 
Is I it play, like a, a headline play, pulled from the headlines kind of topical sort of thing? Um, yeah, if you like pull from a bunch of headlines over the past like two years. Mm. Uh, and then you also think about like, what does it mean uh, to, um, what is the thin blue line? You know, and like, what, what does it mean to be a good cop? What does it mean to be a bad cop? Mm-hmm. What does it mean to uh, support cops? Uh, what does it mean to challenge cops to be better? As an actor who is very active as a Chicago actor, what do you think of the proliferation of Chicago-based shows? And it just the, the amount of filming that happens in the city. This has to be a great thing, right? It's a beautiful thing. I'm hoping for, I mean, you always want better, right? Uh, it's a beautiful thing. We have some amazing shows. Uh, more shows are coming. Networks are really starting to trust Chicago. Um, commercially, it's always been a wonderful town. Um, and I'm hoping to see more movies. You know, like in, in the 90s and the 80s, I think we saw like this wonderful rush of heartwarming comedies. And we have some of the best comedians in in the world in Chicago and For I, sure. I really hope to see a little bit more of that um, but I, I, you can't complain about having uh, so many network shows in, in one location you know it's kind of awesome it's pretty beautiful just on the outside looking in I think it's really cool jumping into a different corner or arena yeah. uh, what do you think of these releases on Netflix, these Ooh, yeah, the, yeah. As, as a distribution platform I mean I've, I've watched uh, the Bandersnatch the uh, how many times have you watched it I watched it in one sitting, but it was probably like ten times in one sitting. Okay. Yep. Um, Bandersnatch. I watched Bird Box. This excites me as a distribution model. I don't know what it means to actors or to Hollywood. I, more, the, we're going through a content boom, mm-hmm. right? Like we're seeing more content being produced on more platforms and more in, in different ways than we ever have. Mm-hmm. I'd say maybe the uh, only other time that we've seen it like this was. Post World War One, yeah, World War Two era, right? Um, and I think it's a beautiful thing. Like it means more opportunities to tell stories, more opportunities to fail. Like a lot of people really got down on Bandersnatch, and I was like, hold the phone, guys. <laughs> they just did a choose your own adventure movie. Just trying to do that on a platform as big as Netflix, that that's an accomplishment. Like, if you look at the timeline of hum- humanity, like they will say, well, wow, Netflix tried to do this thing on a grand scale. Mm-hmm. And I will be the one who looks at my friends and says, hey, remember this past summer when I called you all up and I said, I have an idea. I want to do a horror movie that's Choose Your Own Adventure and release it on YouTube. And they all laughed at me. Uh-huh. I will go to my grave with that one. That's a good one. And you'll return from the grave. I'll return. <laughs> if you true choose this, this option. Oh, yeah. But then Bird, uh, oh, Bird Box. I loved Bird Box. I saw, I saw some negative feedback online. I read the book a few years ago. Uh, my only problem with it is they changed the ending because the ending was a little bit oh, darker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought it was cool. I mean, there was, especially in the early part of the movie where this disease, this, this affliction on mm. society starts to take hold and people start reacting to it. There were some harrowing, hair-raising moments very early on in the movie that kind of stuck with me. I thought that's what really made it work well, was that first initial speech that Sandra Bullock gives to the kids, and then paired with those initial moments when people start transforming. Uh huh. It made the rest of the movie kind of... It allowed it to go down that river, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also... Have you ever bird boxed somebody? Where you put the blindfold on them and you walk them around? <laughs> It's way harder. I bet. Yeah, I've just um, 
threw a surprise party for my fa- my fiance, and <laughs> so like I was trying to get her into the back of an Uber, but I had earphones so that she wouldn't hear where we mm-hmm. were going, mm-hmm. and then I put sunglasses and so the neighbors are thinking there's a kidnapping definitely especially you know (laughs) Nikki the Pitbull you know Uh and I'm like don't worry everything's fine and that usually makes it seem like everything's not fine Um, that O'Sullivan O'Sullivan boy is doing some weird (laughs) S&M thing also by Foster it's really difficult though curbs are a real obstacle sure holy camoly she almost took a a dive I almost felt really bad to be on camera at that point too (laughs) oh my god (laughs) isn't this great yeah bird box bird box everybody that's what editors are for, though, isn't it? That's right, yeah. <laughs> we can edit this, right? Well, you know what? I just thought of something. You could tell us what, what the content on Chicago PD is going to be, and then James could promise to edit it out. So. Yeah, see, we're, we're live on Facebook right <laughs> now. We're live on Facebook. I, I, think, I think the thing that uh, I'm looking forward to um, seeing is I'll be working with an old friend of mine that I've known since high school, Leroy Hawkins, who's a series regular on the show. Um he plays Officer Atwater on the show, and the first time I was on there, we had maybe like two seconds of screen time together, and this time we have a bit more. And That's cool. How it all—it's going to be really exciting because we've known each other since high school. We used to compete against each other in high school, high school speech, and then uh, in college we went to the same school, Illinois State University, um, and so we kind of like keep doing this intersection. I love that in our career. So it's really nice, um, and. Yeah, I don't want to spoil anything, but okay. tune in on the 30th. I mean, here's the best news for me, and I do want to say uh, Tyler Wildey says, Hey, guys. Hey, Tyler. Hey, Tyler. Uh, the best part about you being on the show at the end of the, end of the month means I don't have to edit it right away. <laughs> when I take the audio home, I can sit on it for a few days. Is that good or bad for you? It's great for me. I'm, do you get it done? It does not stress you out. It would stress me out. Uh, the weird thing about booking a podcast like this mm. It's feast or famine when it comes to guest booking. Like, I can go two weeks without a guest, and then suddenly I've got, like, four nights over the course of seven days. That's what I'm in right now. I recorded a podcast yesterday. I'm recording another one tomorrow night, and I recorded one last Tuesday. So I'm okay taking taking a breather, and I'll edit this in a few days. You're, you're pretty quick on those. I, I was on a podcast last... We did the one last year, mm-hmm. and you put that out really fast. I did a podcast with a few friends of mine, and uh, actually, this is a hilarious story. I went to go pick out an engagement ring recently, and engagement rings are tough to yeah. buy as a man because you walk into the store and you're instantly vulnerable. You know what I mean? Like and the, overwhelmed. The, and overwhelmed, absolutely, yeah. because you know you have to make this purchase, and it's a really important purchase, and you don't want to get it wrong and all that mm-hmm. that stuff. But the person at the store knows they've got you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As soon as you walk in the door. Because mm-hmm. you have to buy it. You have to buy it. And you're not going to go shopping around. Like, mm-hmm. I did. I made the commitment to like shop around, right? Proud so of I went to you know a few places, and I finally got to this one store, and I really loved the ring. But I was like, I need to walk away for a little while, so I yeah. have some space. And I walked straight into the glass door on my way out <laughs> and fell on my ass, just straight on my ass. I was like, that's probably a sign. I stood back up and I looked at the lady and I was like, hey, uh, just this thought came to me. How often does it happen where you know the person who walks in or you know their spouse and now you have to keep the secret for a little while? She's like, never. It never happens. I go to this next door. I walk in. I say two words. Hi. You know, whatever. How's it going? More than two words. And she went... Do you know so-and-so? Uh. And I went, yeah. She's like, I heard you on a podcast. 
Oh, oh wow. my lord! And I thought that that's just uh, that's just so funny. I did a podcast where I pranked my buddy that you know me and the host would get into this fist fight, and we wanted to see how long it would take for him to intervene. You know, we have that hockey mentality. Oh my god! Just roughhousing. So, you know? <laughs> as busy as you are, are you, do you audition a lot still? I do. Yeah, yeah. I just auditioned today for two pilots. Uh, I tape them. I'll you know edit the tapes in the morning send them off to the agent agent will send them in and hopefully I'll hear something uh, but I you try to let it go as soon as I leave you strike me as someone a, no matter what level you achieve in the acting business you'll always be like looking Mickey for O'Sullivan. looking for other opportunities or, or ways to stretch out and you don't seem like someone who'd ever be complacent I'm not um I have kind of ADD. <laughs> you know, I get bored very quick. I just got into. I got back. Do you, do you want to leave? This. No, I, but I, you know, I really want to like talk about a million different things yeah. and uh, stretch my legs. Um, but I, I think acting's not all I want to do in my life. You know, I, I'm interested in doing more charity. I'm interested in. We've talked about that. We have. Yeah, I have lots of ideas, and I think one of the more I. You know, and a lot of practices too. But the more I just focus on my career, I think the the worse I do in my career, worse I do in my life. And the more I focus on doing things in my life uh, with my friends and my community, the better I do in my career. So it's just like conundrum, you know. Um, But yeah, we talked a a bit about um, getting some stuff going, and you know, because I'm at that point, like as an adult, I'm like I need to do something that gives back. Mm -hmm. If just to let my kids see that. It's possible, yes. Without like you know, um, without it taking over your life, like that. That it doesn't have to be the sole focus of your life, but that it, there are little ways yes. in which you can very easily give back, and not only in a financial way. Like you know, one of the things that we had talked about, and what I want to encourage other people to do is find those moments in your life where it takes nothing, right? Like a lot of people are going through their houses right now, and they're getting rid of things, mm-hmm. right? They're like dropping it off at. Uh, mm-hmm. thrift stores yeah. and this or that and it's like take all those socks those wonderful socks that you're about to throw away because they don't spark joy in you right now put them in a bag put in your backpack and when you get off the train and that person says hey can you help me out you can and they might that might not be the thing that they, they need or they want right at that moment and that's okay too but you can bring those things with you you can split your your sandwich at Subway in yeah. half and share it with somebody and um, it doesn't have to be this thing that takes away from you. Going back to auditioning. Yeah. I've never acted in my life, and I, I started looking through movie scripts, and I thought it'd be fun if you auditioned for a really shitty movie. Yeah. I have <laughs> a couple sample scripts from some of the shittiest movies ever made. All right. Uh, just like one or two pages. Okay. Uh, and I don't even know how to do this. Like, should I read the... Whatever we pick, should I read like the, the stage directions? Like the first or? time I auditioned for Chicago PD, this is great. I mean, not the shitty show. All right, so your choices are, because you could read, like, the, the character stuff. Should I read, like, the... No, set? don't tell me anything. Okay, okay. Uh, the choices are... Maybe you want to tell them. I don't know. The cho- well, the, the three choices... Yeah. Or do you just want to go cold on the script? I want to go cold. <sighs> <laughs> you want to tell the, the, the people what, what we have to, to choose from? Um, I don't have it written down. I just know what they are. I, so we got three scripts here. Three scripts. I'm going to give you this one. Cool. Do you have two copies of this? I do. Awesome. Um, the name of the movie is? <laughs> Leprechaun in the Hood. 
We so have he, Reverend Han- Hansen, Zombie Girl Number One. Oh my! And Leprechaun. Gosh. And Leprechaun. So there are three characters. Can you do all three characters? You want me to do all three? Or, or do you want me to like? I want you to do one. Okay. Who, who should I? Should I be Zombie Girl One? Because um, you've got to be the Leprechaun, right? I think I have to be the Leprechaun. <laughs> okay. Sounded like it. Okay. So should I read like this stuff? Um, I think just the the, the initial uh, stage the script direction. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Just the initial one, and then we'll. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, all right, so I'm Here, I'll, read it in, I'll read it in my, my movie voice. Ready? Reverend Hansen is holding the offering plates in his hand while surveying the mess in his church. The parishioners have gone home. Surprisingly, he is not too disappointed. Must the Lord's way, uh, must be the Lord's way of telling me to have a fundraiser. Praise God for the fundraiser. He begins to count the money from the Sunday service, slipping it into his pockets. One for me, one for me, two for me, two for me, three for me, three for me, four for me. <laughs> Out of the corner of his eyes, he sees the zombie girls sneaking into a side entrance. Praise be more sinners. Let me lay my hands on you sinful creatures and pass on God's blessing. Zombie girl one glides over in a sultry fashion. That's you. Mm-hmm. Puts her arm around the reverend and turns him from the others. The other zombie girls disappear downstairs. Do you have the gift of healing, reverend? Is that your best zombie girl? Come on. It's my first time. <laughs> it's my first time. Oh, yes. <laughs> Chili. Yes, of course. My specialty is the gift of tongues. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a leprechaun. <laughs> The reverend is startled by the the presence of the leprechaun and the rest of the zombie girls. I knows the beast when I sees him. Get thee hence from the house of the Lord. Uh, The ladies can stay. Robin the Hood, good reverend. (laughs) Now give me the golden flute. (laughs) Ain't Ain't got no flute and wouldn't give it to you if I did. The Lord delivered the Israelites from the hands of the Philistines. He delivered David from Goliath. Delivered Letterman from NBC. Wow. And he'll (laughs) deliver you from your freaky little ass too. Praise God. The piano begins to play by itself. And as if in a spell, the reverend is hypnotically drawn to the piano. Play me a song before you die, and you'll see hell by and by. <laughs> Jeez. He cannot resist the will of Leprechaun. He struggles against unseen forces, but he finds himself sitting at the piano. The Leprechaun begins to direct him like a conductor. He begins to play a slow, somber, dark tune. Suddenly... The keyboard, not a piano anymore, cover (laughs) falls on the reverend's hands, pinning his fingers to the keyboard. He cries out in agony. Oh! (laughs) The leprechaun goes to the altar, where the crash and bread remain. The zombie girls scavenge the the cash, and the leprechaun takes the bread and advances upon the reverend. The lep (laughs) jumps on the reverend's back and holds the bread over his face, and as the reverend begins to suffocate, money, cash, dough, and bread, he had his fill, he was dead. Mickey O'Sullivan. Very good. A dramatic reading of Leprechaun, Leprechaun in the Hood. In the Hood. <laughs> in the Hood. That, that, that was... 
I haven't seen that movie in a really long time, I, so that's a. I, I'm not wrong to be crying. That was that was <laughs> that moved me. You know, I do wish that there was somebody in all of the auditions reading the the screen mm-hmm. screen directions. You know, like the voice of God, like Morgan Freeman, kind of <laughs> piloting you through all that. Where like you can do it along with Morgan Freeman's voice. Exactly. So speaking of auditions, <laughs> what was the shittiest one you've ever been on? The shittiest audition? Uh-huh. Oh, man. I, I've got to think They're that... all special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, was there one where you walked in, they asked you to take off your pants? Was there... Oh, sure. Uh, <laughs> I had auditioned for... Um, let's see, what's... The, the, prob- the problem names. is, right, yeah, the problem is you don't want to, like... I auditioned for a play in New York City, and... When you are auditioning with a reader, it might say kiss, and, uh-huh. but you, you're not supposed to kiss, you know? And I thought, and I was really young, I was in New York City, and I was supposed to spill wine on my cousin's shirt, and then pat it down, or her skirt, and then pat it down. And I came in there, and I took my shirt off uh-huh. to use it as like a cloth. And I think we ended up making out. I, I got the part, but then I found out later that she was um, the daughter of a very, very, very famous New York icon. And that kind of screwed with my head. Well played. So it wasn't the worst, but... Uh, it's memorable. Uh-huh. For maybe not all the right reasons. Definitely not all the right reasons, but... Uh, there, there was one where I walked in, somebody called me, I was, I'm always the person who fills in. You know, like, oh, somebody, so-and-so dropped out of this, or so-and-so can't make it. Are you available? Are you interested? And I'm always like, yeah, sure. Like, yeah, I'll read mm-hmm. your Leprechaun in the Hood thing. Why not? <laughs> and I came in, and it was just, I, I was playing a racist sheriff. Oof. And I came in the room, and I'm looking around, and it's all people of color. And I'm looking around, and I'm looking at the script, and I'm like, I, I can't do this. Yeah, that'd be hard. I mean, I I realize you have to put on blinders and, and throw yourself into the part. Yeah, but I just couldn't. Like, I was like, this is volatile, and um, I, just, I, I just couldn't do it. There was too many. There was too much. And so that. that was a tough one where you had to be like, I can't do this thing that you're asking me to do. Um, and also, I f- like, you feel kind of in a, an uncomfortable position to to uh, be asked to do it but then at yeah. the same time recognize that like this is a reality for a lot of people you know um, that this character exists in real life yeah. and that you're just being asked to say words that um, they have said before hey, and that makes me wonder you, you talked about walking down Polina uh, reciting the lines for whatever you're working on oh yeah <laughs> how much how much do you immerse yourself in a, in, in a role are you able to kind of detach or are you just you take on that role and you become like Jared Leto as the Joker and you're like mailing dead carcasses to no 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 Uh, it has to exist within the time that you say action and cut and then it has to go away Um, that's where it's magical that's where you're like transcending something you know like if you have a gift or whatever it it exists when you're on that stage and um, anything else is kind of a trick that you're pulling on the other people that you're working with you know that's kind of what I thought yeah <laughs> I'm glad to hear you say that well I, but like you know you do these things like you it takes an enormous amount of effort to for the work that you do on your own like you don't get paid for that the work that you you walk around the block and you memorize five different scripts and hope that you book one of them and then you do it again and again and again and again and you do you know like I guess 
lose yourself in those moments. But never, you know, I don't come home and, <laughs> and like, look at my, you know, family and, and start saying those things, you right, know. Right, of course. Or doing those things. Um, it's definitely acting. But that, that's, uh, Hollywood is, like, shrouded in mystery about, like, what acting is, you know. And I, I don't think there's supposed to be one right answer. I don't think there is, but I think be. that it's a craft, yeah. you know. It's a craft and it's not magic. Um, it certainly isn't instant. Um, but it's also tricks and magic, you know, like what you do on camera is different than what you can do on stage. Um, and so knowing all of that is is really important. And, you know, you're telling a story with a bunch of people. It, it is like the silliest profession that you can ever be in. I remember one of my teachers in college um, who used to be on Seinfeld, he used to be on Star Trek, and we all re- revered him. And he was telling us the first time he went to this small little town, started a theater company, and you know, he pretty much just threw a dart at a map, found this little small town, and they were babysitting kids while they were rehearsing in this you know, small storefront. A lot of kids saw them, and they were all like flapping around like they were birds for this play. And the kids went, this is the silliest job. <laughs> And that's what it is. It's like you show up, you pretend somebody you're else, you pretend you're somebody else for a little while, you get paid, and then you go home. And so I think maybe or you go to Byron's people, and have a nice hot dog. <laughs> you go to Byron's, but then, that's then why at, you work. Uh-huh. Look at what's his name? Um, who who played Abe Lincoln? I'm terrible. Uh, Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis, method actor. He commits to everything 100, <clears> percent and his poor family probably has to deal with the fact that he's Abe Lincoln for six months. You know. And, and then he like, retires. Oh, d- Dad's going to go out back to you, go urinate in the woods because <laughs> we, he doesn't think we have plumbing anymore. That's right, that's right. <laughs> and, and the effect that that has on his life, and also to be such a renowned actor yeah. in that, like I can only imagine the stress that puts on his family, knowing that so many people revere him for that, but also that that's the thing that gets in the way of him being, you know, present at home. I, I think De Niro probably got sick of being thought of in that sense, so he made Meet the Fockers and said, you know what? <laughs> tired of being thought of as this great method guy. I'm just going to re- make this really awful movie with Ben Stiller. He's supposed to be just wonderful to work with. I'm sure. He's, I've heard. He's Everybody I've talked to. Yeah. But like just well well prepared, knows what he's doing, knows what he's going to try, um, and, and a good collaborator, not somebody who's just going to like send you a condom in the mail like Jared Leto. <laughs> you know, like, gotta love the guy for do you have to love him? He tried. He tried. He tried some stuff, and they're all getting paid an obscene amount of money, anyways. And so, but speaking of De Niro, King of Comedy, that's that's like a top five for me. All oh, movie. beautiful! Yeah, all, all, that's an uncomfortable they don't make movie. Them, yeah, very uncomfortable. They don't make them like they. No. Please. All right, so <laughs> is that a typical thing to say? To summarize this podcast, which is presented by the Autobahn Mazda of Evanston, we're at Byron's Hot Dogs. There are two locations. We're at the one on Lawrence uh, Lawrence and Polina, seventeen oh one. Yes. 1701. That's Mike Payne. He delivered hot dogs to the freaking White House. Um, also, the location in Irving, where we've been before, just it's this is a Chicago institution. The hot dog, we haven't even had the Chicago. We haven't set. had the Chicago yet. That's going to happen off camera and off mic. Uh, Mickey O'Sullivan, actor, TV star, uh, we'll see you on season two. Season two of The Shy. Of Showtime's The Shy, which is really exciting. Captive State coming out in With John months Goodman. With John Goodman. Oh my Good gosh. Um, Chicago PD. That's impressive. The Right Swipe, All-American Sex Offender. Um, what else do we got coming out? We got a whole Seems bunch like of enough. Stuff. Yeah. 
for now. For now. Yeah. For now. So, oh, uh, yeah. So when 2019 is, is your year. This is it. 2019 is going to be a good year. And it starts right here in a Mazda CX-9 eating hot dogs and french fries. Yeah, and As hopefully Mazda will sponsor me to go to Minnesota. There you go. And visit my brother, right, Mazda? <laughs> That's right. Let's not push it. <laughs> Let's not push it. All right. Mickey, uh, you're a fantastic talent. Thank you for doing this. Thank you. Mike, you are a talent with food. Thank you for uh, holding up the rear, so to speak. You got it. Um, and uh, thank you for watching on Facebook Live and for listening on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, carconcarney.com. Uh, Carcon Carney presented by the Audubon Mazda of Evanston. These guys are awesome. You're awesome for uh, playing along at home.